0: Would you please stand for the reading of God's word taken from the Gospel of Mark? I will begin reading in verse 6 and we'll go through 21. As I read this, I, I think it's important to remember that when we're reading the Gospel, or any part of God's word, those who wrote it were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And when we read it, we're not to read it simply as a textbook, but for what it is, something that is alive and active, something that has the power, even in this moment, through the work of the Holy Spirit, to change your life forever, beginning even now. And if you're already in Christ, it has the ability to remind you that whether you feel it or not right now, you're desperate. And so often when we've been with Christ a long time, we forget that we are continually desperate for his life in us. And so when you hear these stories, some of which you've heard many times, it's easy to forget that this happened in real time on a real patch of earth that the son himself created. And these were real people that were coming to Jesus. And some of the people coming to Jesus were coming from a long distance because they were desperate to be healed. Others were coming from a long distance because they hated Jesus. And even in this text, his real family actually thinks he's crazy. And Jesus was a real man who felt all of that, knowing what his mission was. So let's open this word and let's ask the spirit to be with us as I read and preach Again, Mark 3, beginning at verse 6 through 21, the Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him. How to destroy him? Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Idumea, and from beyond the Jordan and from around Tyre and Sidon. When the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him. And he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him. For he had healed many, so that all who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirit saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, you are the son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make known to him. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those who he desired. And they came to him. Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Then he went home, and the crowd gathered again, so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, he is out of his mind. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Indeed, Holy Spirit, we are desperate. We cannot think rightly apart from you. We cannot see and hear correctly apart from you. We certainly don't have the power to change our lives in and of ourselves, not for your glory, but you, Lord, have all that we need. And whatever we're bringing in today, whether we are vibrantly aware of our pain or we're numb, We ask that you would stir in us the great work of what it means to be one with Christ. Change us today, Lord. Press this message so deep into our hearts and minds that we would be made different, unable to stop speaking about what we've seen and heard. In Jesus' name, amen. When crowds gather, people pay attention. I think sometimes when we read the Bible, we forget what John said at the end of his gospel, that Jesus did far more than was recorded in these words, so much that the whole world couldn't hold the books that would be necessary. What that means is that there were crowds of people following Jesus many more than the two times when he fed 4,000 and 5,000. And he's a human. I don't want you to forget that. Jesus Christ is, in this text that Mark gives us, is experiencing incredible popularity, not all by people who love him, clearly you see that already, but because of what he has done, certainly more than what he's saying, thousands of people are gathering around him. So in this text, just to do a quick summary, you've got the crushing crowds. You have people who are coming from the geographic areas that Mark was named to show you that the word of who Jesus is had traveled. The word of what this miracle worker was able to do is traveled. And so people who are full of disease and people who are possessed by demons are now moving in the direction of Christ so they may be delivered so they may be touched so they may be healed and the crowds are so great that jesus is actually afraid that they may crush him and so practically he says to his disciples have a boat ready it's like have a running car ready you know in case i need to get away because these people are desperate and desperate people who have not been healed or delivered in other ways want to touch this man that they actually believe could deliver them, could heal them. And so imagine what Jesus is feeling as thousands of people are pressing in on him. Along with the crushing crowds, you have the confessing demons. The demons know who he is, and they cry out, you are the son of God. In antiquity, this is important to remember, when a person said to the other person, I know who you are, it was as if they were saying, I have authority over you. The demons are not praising Jesus. They're not even respecting him. They're trying to show that they have more power than him. And Jesus clearly has the power and forbids them to speak. Along with the crushing crowds and these confessing demons, you have the conspiring leaders Now, not just the religious leaders, but they're joining with the public leaders, the Herodians, in order to bring about a path to destroy him. Jesus is a human. He feels it. He feels the pressure of the crowds. Imagine what the crowds look like. They're sick. Imagine what the crowds sounded like. Demons are speaking through the people that their bodies have occupied. And he knows that the Pharisees seek to destroy him and are now employing other officials along with the conspiring leaders, the crushing crowds, the confessing demons, you now have a confused and concerned family who are telling one another, Jesus is crazy. We're gonna see more of that next week as the passage continues. And though not mentioned, I'm fairly confident that there were just curious bystanders. What is this all about? I want you to imagine the conversations that were taking place in these various groups of people before they came to Jesus. Imagine the conversations of those who are with someone who has a disease that hasn't been able to be healed. Imagine what a leper hears who lives hundreds of miles away. There's a man that can heal you. Imagine the conversations that take place as families say, we need to move towards the sea of Galilee, where this, this rabbi is, who's able to heal people. Imagine the conversations taking place with those who know others that are demon possessed, we need to move towards this man who can exercise this demon. Imagine the conversations that are taking place quietly behind the scenes with the religious leaders and reports have now gone all the way to Jerusalem and they're beginning to think about what must we do to destroy this man? They're all coming to Jesus and some are coming for Jesus. And then imagine which of his relatives was the first to say, I think Jesus has lost his mind. We need to secure him, we need to seize him. Everybody that comes to Jesus or everybody that comes for Jesus has a conversation taking place internally and sometimes with others. What's your conversation been? Even today, what was your conversation in coming into the sanctuary? Or watching and worshiping online we always are having conversations about Jesus Jesus was fully man and because he was fully man he felt the pain of that rejection he felt the pain of those who were sick and diseased and devastated by a fallen world he felt compassion on the crowds which were told time and again and it took its toll because he was fully man. In the midst of all that's happening as thousands upon thousands are coming to him and smaller numbers are coming for him, what does Mark tell us happens? Jesus retreats because Jesus is not going to lose his mission. Jesus retreats to be alone with the Father to remember his mission, to be empowered for his mission, and then to set his mission forward by calling a few who would become his apostles. Right in the midst of the crushing crowds and the confessing demons and the conspiring leaders and his concerned family that thinks he's crazy, Jesus retreats in order to be ready for the mission, to remain on task. The crowds, the demons, the conspiring leaders, in the midst of all of it, were hurting people, angry people, confused people, and people who were very afraid. And Jesus knows it. And as a man, Jesus feels it. And what does he do? He retreats. Go to verse 13. And he went up on the mountain and he called to him those whom he desired and they came to him. I want to stop here for a minute because I think this is very powerful. Because Jesus is a man, he had human needs. I don't think we appreciate that enough. Food, water, shelter, sleep. And I believe this text is one of many that shows us the need he had as a man for companionship, camaraderie, and people to participate in his kingdom work. The powerful presence of Jesus here as he sets his eyes on what the mission is, in spite of the crushing crowds and the conspiring religious leaders and the confessing demons and his family who thinks this crazy, is that we learn that he desires to be with people who are going to be his followers. Specifically, in connection back to the Old Testament and the 12 tribes of Israel, Jesus calls those he desires to himself and he appoints them apostles. The word apostle means sent ones. These are going to be the men, minus one, who are going to fulfill the mission of spreading the kingdom news. Jesus calls them to himself, verse 14, and it says he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles so that they might be with him and might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. Now, I think there is a lot for us to see here. First, and I said this from the beginning, Jesus is calling his disciples to himself. Not to a worldview. That's certainly part of it. Not to just a list of teachings. That's part of it too. But he's calling people to himself, to a man. And this man happens to be fully God. The text says, those whom he desired, these are the ones that he purposely, sovereignly said will be mine. I desire them. And we know their response because of the efficacy of the call, effectual call. They follow him. But it's very interesting that Mark says, so that they might be with him. Friends, that's discipleship. Every time you spend time alone in the word with God, you should be experiencing what it means to be with him. We can't be with him in the same physical way that the disciples, the apostles actually were. He knows that. And he said, actually, we have benefit that they didn't because we have the helper, the Holy Spirit. So that when we spend time in God's word with the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit in us, illuminating our hearts and minds, we actually are with Jesus The essence of being a disciple means to be with him. But I think for many Christians, over time especially, time with Jesus becomes more like homework. Time with Jesus becomes more like moving through a Bible study where I've got to answer these questions and do all these things. Please hear me. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm simply saying you can do that and not actually have been with Jesus. Jesus is making a point. As the Holy Spirit carries Mark along to write this gospel, he's making a point that the essence of discipleship is being with him. The essence of coming to a worship service or worshiping online in these strange times is to be with Jesus. It's not just to become a smarter Christian. It's not just to have a more well-informed understanding of the Christian's worldview. That's all very important, but it's about being with Jesus. So when you ask your children or your friends after the service, how was the service? What did you think? How do you answer? Oftentimes it's centered on whether you appreciated or liked the teaching or the music. Friends, That's not why we invite you to come. And it's not why God has called us to come. He's called us to be with him. That's why we say we seek to extend the transforming presence of Jesus. Not the transforming worldview of Jesus, which is transforming. I hope you see the difference. I'm not saying one isn't important. I'm just simply saying you can actually have one and not experience the reality of the other. And that's what we need. The disciples were called to Jesus, verse 14, so that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. They were given an authority that is not normal and ordinary. They were given power that Christ himself had during this particular time to authenticate the kingdom of God. Not every Christian was given the power to cast out demons. Not every Christian in this time was given the power to heal as they were. They were empowered as a group to do incredible things, to authenticate the kingdom of God. And they did, but in very similar ways, because the Holy spirit is living in us, we have the privilege of preaching the gospel too not just me, not just Paul, but you, everywhere you go, places of work, children in your schools, in your neighborhoods, on walks, in the grocery store. Here's why. The very essence of being with Jesus, the very essence of hearing the words of Jesus The very essence of them proclaiming the truth that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life is a privilege that we all have been given and a power that we all have. If you're in Christ, I want you to think about something. You are living evidence today that the work that Jesus, who called these 12 to be with him, including the one that fell apart and fell away, you are living evidence of the fulfillment of that mission. Isn't that amazing? But more, you're actually being used by God to continue to fulfill the very same mission. We will forget that if we don't retreat frequently to be alone with the Lord, to be with the Lord, to be with him. In the book of Acts, Chapter 4, Peter and John, two of the 12 that have been appointed apostles, sent ones, have now been called in front of the conspiring leaders. Jesus has died, he is rose from the dead, but his mission continues because he said it would. These same conspiring leaders. Are afraid of the crowds again and so they seek to silence peter here's what they say about them chapter 4 of acts verse 13 listen as i read now when they again this is the religious leaders when they saw the boldness of peter and john and perceived that they were uneducated common men they were astonished And they recognize that they had been with Jesus. If you spend time being with Jesus, people will see that because of that, some are going to want to come to Jesus for salvation. And some are gonna wanna come for Jesus, like the religious leaders who wanted him destroyed. Many Christians don't spend much time being with Jesus. And that's a place that is not very bright. The Pharisees were really foolish. They did not get who Jesus was. And actually in this text, it says that they're perceiving that they were uneducated men. They could not have been more wrong. Sure, they didn't have the academic accolades as some. They weren't in the highest level of their rabbinic training, but they were educated. They were educated because they had been with Jesus. They were educated because they walked intimately with the living God. Yes, they were common, fishermen, and other professions, but they were educated because their leader, their teacher, their discipler, their rabbi, their Messiah was the living God who handpicked them, who equipped them and empowered them. In the same way, friends, if you are in Christ, it's because He pursued you. That's the beauty of Christianity. And at some point in your life, the conversation about who Jesus is. And who he was and what he did and who he is now and what he's doing began to turn. And it turned in a way where you began to say, I I need a savior. I'm desperate for a savior. I recognize the sin in my life. I I need something. What you need is someone. And that conversation in your heart and mind probably led to a conversation with someone else and someone who was obedient to the continuation of this very same mission told you about Jesus. And when you heard that news, at some point then, you responded to irresistible grace and said, I believe that could be happening to you today, here in the sanctuary or in your living room or wherever you might be worshiping online. Christ desires his people. The crowds eventually were going to crush Jesus. The confessing demons were going to see the man Jesus destroyed. They would celebrate. The conspiring religious leaders were going to have their way, the man was going to be destroyed his family, his mother would see her son go to the cross. But I don't want you to miss this. Behind the scenes of all that was taking place was the triune God who was orchestrating everything so that his plan of redemption could be accomplished. We can blame the crowd who cried, crucify him, crucify him. We can blame the religious leaders. But Isaiah 53.10 tells us, it was the Lord's will to crush him. God the Father demonstrated his own love for us in this that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus rose from the dead, he's victorious. Indeed, he's crushed the serpent's head. This side of heaven, that battle still rages on, but one day that Messiah will return. And when he does, the crowds are going to bow down. Every knee will drop and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. But only those who have rested and received in Christ alone for salvation will be in his presence for all eternity. What are the conversations going on in your heart and mind right now? If you're in Christ already, praise God for that grace. If today you sense his calling, friend rest and receive, trust in him today. If you've walked with Jesus a long time, but today you hear those words and say, I'm not sure I've really been with Jesus. It's been more just going through motions, more intellectual than incorporating the whole body, soul, mind. Ask Jesus to restore to you the joy of your salvation. Ask Jesus to do that and he will. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. A lot of times what happens is that our hope becomes misplaced. We're all tempted to put our security in insecure things, all of us. And the reason I'm telling you today, and I will every time we gather, that you're desperate is that that enemy and that war is constantly putting before you things that say, trust this, trust this. Friends, there's only one secure thing, and that is the person I'm preaching about. It is the person Jesus Christ who calls people to himself to be with him now and forever. He is the only true ultimate and eternal hope. Lord Jesus, I love your word. It's so real and powerful and full of things that we just can't fully see. But your spirit moves and opens our eyes. And, oh, Lord, we need it desperately. God, for all who are in you right now, I pray that you would stir in us the deepest desire to be with you and to recognize when we have as we follow you, to feel your presence with us and the powerful reality of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, if there are any today listening who don't have a relationship with you but desire that, I pray you rescue them in this moment. Friends, just simply pray to Jesus right now. Tell him that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, that he alone is the Savior, and that you trust him as you ask for forgiveness of your sins and rest in him alone for salvation. If that is a prayer you pray today, tell the people around you that you know who are believers in Christ. Let us know that we might encourage you. Father, as we sing this closing hymn, every word of it speaks to the truth of your word, that our hope really is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ. You are our solid rock. And so, Lord, would you enable us to sing with voices that reflect that we have been with you and that we are with you.